Hello and welcome to another episode of the V Games podcast. Today I have another interview with the special Dr. Michael Krager. So before we get right into the podcast, you can also watch it on YouTube. That would be great, then I get more watch time on YouTube and the video gets more popular. But you can also listen to it here, wherever it suits you. Because on YouTube you also only have to listen to it, so it doesn't matter really. Whatever is more convenient for you. And we are talking about so, so, so many topics. And here's what is waiting for you. First we talk about daily dozen for building muscles. The importance of water. Flatulence. Where did soy get such a bad reputation from? Hair loss. Vegan omega-3. Does he ever get tired walking on his treadmill? Nuts and seeds, should we eat them raw or roasted? Intermittent fasting, importance of gut flora and how to improve it, supplements for pregnancy, cravings and if cravings tell us something, and his hobbies besides nutritionfacts.org. So that is what is waiting for you now. Stick to it until the end. And for future questions, because it's not my last interview, go to YouTube, to the YouTube video at YouTube slash vegans. And I pinned my comment at the top where you can, where I ask you for future questions and you can ask your question there. And when I have my next interview with Dr. Michael Krager, I will go there and pick the best questions. So leave your question there and just a comment if you want to start to a, discuss, a discussion about any of the questions and of, about his answers. So I would love that. Go to the YouTube video there and enjoy this interview. Let's go. I asked my community yesterday about questions and I got over 500. So I picked the most important ones that interest me as well. And now we pick your mind on them. So first of all, I love your Daily Dozen app and recommend everyone to use it as a basic guideline. My question right. is, would yeah. you change anything about the Daily Dozen for those who want to build muscle or just eat more? Um, uh, well, I mean, so the daily dozen is not meant to be kind of like a, a, a meal plan or anything. Uh, that's just the minimum. Right. Um, and so, you know, people have come to me and say, wait a second, I'm pregnant or I work out too much. I, I can't live off this. I'm like, no, 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 that's just the minimum. Right. I mean, look, you want to eat more than three servings of legumes a day? Go for it. Um, but I just want to make sure everyone gets a minimum of three servings. Um, and so uh, that's really uh, that's uh, that's really uh, what it's about. And so someone who's just burning more calories uh, may have to just up the quantity of uh, what they're eating. But I still would like them to get all those um, all those healthiest of healthy foods into their daily routine. Yes. My next question is about water. You explain how important it is that we what we eat and what drastic impact it has on our well-being. And we also know how important it is to stay hydrated and drink enough water. But what kind of water do you recommend? Just tap water, distilled water, or for example... Tap water. Tap water? Five glasses or 12-ounce glasses a day. Um, tap water, it can be, a, you know, basic carbon-filtered water, you know, like uh, Brita or Pure um, filters, just to clean up some of the chlorination byproducts, make it taste a little better. Um, but yeah, that's fine. I mean, I do, or, uh, you know, herbal tea, hibiscus, or uh, green or white tea. Those are my three favorite beverages. 
Okay, and no concerns about tap water, what is in there, of all the stuff people throw into their toilets and stuff? Yeah. Well, no, well, there's water purification stations. It's not like it goes toilet faucet. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, but no, office, so if you do toxicological and microbial contamination studies of tap water versus bottled water, for example, tap water tends to be cleaner because there's actually stricter regulations than uh, than bottled. So in general, now it's possible you may live somewhere. I know, um, you know, there's a community uh, uh, space coast in, in Florida where they actually have high levels of rocket fuel in the water supply just because that's where NASA is and that's where all the rockets go off. I mean, so there may be, uh, you know, the, the kind of peculiarities about your own kind of water table. But in general, um, uh, tap water is, uh, is uh, great to drink. That's what I drink. Okay, next question about flatulence. You mentioned a study that fed people beans for eight weeks every day, and at the end, they were down from 35% flatulence to only 3% flatulence. But what about those 3% that still suffer flatulence after eating legumes for a long time on a regular basis? Okay, well, so flatulence is normal, healthy bodily function, right? It's just excess flat. I mean, that's what we're concerned about, or that's what people are concerned about, excess flatulence in terms of kind of the social stigma. Uh, but, I mean, it's actually, I mean, so, yeah, so so we, we kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we undermine natural phenomena at our own peril, right? I mean, uh, but uh, I mean, for people who are still experiencing Uh, um, uh, what they consider to be excess flatulence. I would, uh, you know, there's some, I have a blog. Um, what's a, it's, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So if you type in flatulence, I'm sure it'll pop up. Well, I just go through, there are some that are better than others. So lentils may be preferable. Um, chickpeas, there are some things that are just better, have lo less of these kind of indigestible sugars that uh, create the, uh, that our bugs uh, eat to create the gas. Um, and uh, so, but again, I would encourage people to stick it, to keep it up. I mean, it's very possible that study, because they saw a steady decline um, as people's gut microbiome um, adapted to the nuber fiber intake. And so if they would, maybe if they extended to 12 weeks, you know, that decline might have continued. So I encourage people to keep it up. Okay. And anything besides trying different legumes like probiotics or other factors that might lower the flatulence? Well, it's this. Well, um, I, I think the biggest problem is people that you know make a big shift. So if you've been eating really fiber depleted diet your whole life, then all of a sudden you switch to a really healthy diet. Um, you know, it's a big shift to your microbiome. You know, your microbiome is expecting more, you know, milkshakes and cheeseburgers, um, and so all of a sudden you're actually sending real food down there. It can take a while for your microbiome to adapt. So if uh, you do suffer from kind of gastrointestinal symptoms. I encourage people to go slow. In fact, it can be even as slow as adding like a spoonful of beans a day um, until your body can slowly adapt. I mean, some people, in fact, that's what the research shows. Most people can go straight to beans, not even have a problem. Um, but uh, for the people that do, then it, it can help to kind of slowly introduce greater and greater quantities into the diet. Yes. Um, so many people are afraid of the healthy legume soy. Do you know where soy got such a bad reputation from? Oh, yeah. Well, there was, um, I mean, there's, 
there are these these the, on the internet there are um, so what's the, there's um there what are they a Western Price Foundation Western they were they were one a big kind of soy bashing um, uh, obviously the dairy industry is very upset about um, soy milk taking over and now they're trying to trash almond milk um, I mean it's just, it's just very threatening to them. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know, the science hasn't changed, and that's the, that's the most important thing. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I mean, we don't necessarily have to eat soy. Any legumes, beans, flippies, chickpeas, and lentils are healthy. Um, but, yeah, edamame or something, wonderful snack. And do you see any concern about soy compared to other legumes, or is it just a healthy legume like every other legume? Um, yeah, yeah, so I have a video about talking people who are eating, I forget, it was some crazy, like, drinking 20 quarts of soy milk a day or something and running into problems, but, um, uh, and presumably you could have not run into problems if you had 20 quarts of vomit milk or something, um, uh, but uh, at, you know, regular dietary doses, um, there, there isn't a difference, although there may be a benefit you'd be missing out on by eating other legumes, um, since, uh, you know, there, there are specific benefits tied to soy consumption, such as decreases in uh, breast cancer risk, uh, menopause and hot flash symptoms, uh, uh, bone health improvements. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, soybeans are a wonderful choice. I encourage people to eat whole soy foods as opposed to processed. Um, soy foods, but that goes for any food, really. Yes, so soy is a healthy legume, and people should eat a variety of legumes. Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, next question about hair loss. A plant-based diet prevents and sometimes even reverses diseases, but it's not a remedy for every disease and condition. But is there something a plant-based diet could do for or against hair loss? Well, actually, rapid weight loss, for any reason, can cause temporary hair loss. Um, so there are people that, you know, go on a plant-based diet, and they lose huge amounts of weight really quick, and they start their hair starts falling out, and they get freaked out. Um, and so as a physician, you have to say, no, no, it's temporary. And basically, any kind of weight loss can do it. A good cocaine habit, tuberculosis, chemotherapy, anything that causes you to lose a lot of weight quickly um, can cause temporary hair loss, and then your hair grows back. Um, so that's so for people who are losing weight for any uh, reason. Um, uh, but other than that, in terms of diet, um, uh, there's really not much unless I don't know. So hypothyroidism, an underactive thyroid gland, um, uh, can cause uh, hair thinning, and that could be caused by iodine deficiency if you weren't getting enough iodine. Yeah, you can get uh, hair loss from uh, iron deficiencies. I mean, so there's a few kind of nutrient deficiencies, but there's no like food you can eat that grows hair. Although, um, what was that? There are, oh, well, I guess this would be the anti. So tea tree oil has anti-androgenic effects, so anti-testosterone effects, um, and so um, can help women um, with, who suffer from what's called hirsutism or excessive body hairiness by putting tea tree oil on their, on the, you know, any kind of quote-unquote problem areas, like on their faith or anything, it can actually cause the um, um, hairs to thin, to narrow, and become less noticeable. Um, but, um, uh, but in terms of, but yeah, I haven't read anything about in terms of diet. Maybe lifestyle helping. choices, lifestyle choices people could do to prevent it, or some that might increase it. 
which they should stop. Um, uh, no, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe, I don't know, I have not looked at the exercise literature. I don't know if there's anything there. Yeah, mostly it's just kind of a genetic um, predisposition, you know, ma at least a male pattern baldness. Yes. Um, if we limit our omega-6 intake and eat our tablespoon of flaxseed every day, should we still consider taking a vegan omega-3 supplement or do you think we get enough by eating flax seeds and limit our omega-6 intake? Yeah, maybe. Uh, so we may get enough, but that's not good enough for me. And so that's why I do think people should consider it. Um, I mean, it's a, I mean, I think rational people could look at the same evidence and come to different conclusions. And so that's why... Really, I mean, if you look at my videos, they're really not prescriptive. They're, I'm not saying, well, eat this, don't eat this. I'm saying, here's the evidence. Make up your own mind. Um, and so I have a series of videos on why I think it makes sense to take, a, in addition to eating walnuts and flax seeds and hemp seeds and all these other wonderful foods, that um, it makes sense to also um, consume long-chain omega-3s like DHA, EPA, preformed from you know pollutant-free sources, algae, yeast, etc. Um, and so I just lay it all out. Okay, here's the evidence, right? And that's what you should do. Anytime anyone says anything, says you know eat broccoli, you say well, wait a second, what's the evidence? Why you know, particularly if you don't like broccoli, it's like wait a second, why should I go out of my way to try to find ways to make it taste good, right? And like, okay, so show me the evidence, right? And so that's what I did. I said, okay, here's the evidence. Um, and this is where we are. And I think this evidence is strong enough um, for me to, uh, to make that choice for me and my family. But you can look at the same evidence and be like, you know, I'm just not sold. Okay, that's totally fine. That's up to you. But, but, I, but I would just encourage people to consider it, to look at it um, and make up their own mind. Okay, so better safe than sorry. Uh, well, right, but so that's assuming that it's all benefits, no risks, and that's not what the video series concluded. Um, I mean, if it's all benefits, no risk, then absolutely, okay. why not, right? What's the downside? But no, there was, I mean, it was kind of a mixed bag, and so it's like, all right, and so I do think the benefits sufficiently outweigh the risks to, um, to do it until we learn better, right, until we learn otherwise, till better data comes in. Um, but uh, other people may uh, decide differently. Okay. Um, are you ever tired and don't work on your treadmill? <laughs> ha! Never! <laughs> really? No, no, no. no. I, you know, I can only do about 17 miles a day before my feet start hurting. In fact, my feet are starting to hurt now and it's only like 5.30. I've been, this is my uh, 13th interview for the day. Oh, wow. And I've been on the you know, treadmill all day long and uh, yeah. And so, but that's really the... It's not that I get tired, it's just that like my feet start to ache and maybe I need better shoes. Are you wear shoes when you walk? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Shoes and uh yeah, I, and thick I do it socks. barefoot. I do it barefoot when really? I walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your feet just maybe, need to get used to it. Yeah. All right. At the beginning it hurts a bit, but your feet get used to it and then you know barefoot feels just great. My feet already hurt with the shoes on. I don't know if I want to go. All right. And then you uh, you just sit down on a desk, or where do you work? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so then I'm, uh, yeah, sit down at a regular desk. Um, and although it's cool, I got one of these chairs that kind of, um, it kind of swivels around, like uh, like it's kind of unstable. So you actually have to use some postural muscles to kind of keep yourself upright. Um, 
not that that really does. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we, we don't have any good data showing that actually has like, you know, endothelial benefits or, you know, that's that kind of good. insulin resistance. But, you know, I just, yeah, if I just sit in one position too long, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, my back starts to ache and it feels better just to move a little bit. But, yeah, but usually I just wait until I can get back on the treadmill. Yeah, move your DNA. Um, nuts and seeds as well as nut and seed butter, uh, should we rather eat them raw, roasted, or does it make a difference? It absolutely makes a difference. And if there was... Probably one thing I would change about how not to die is go back and make that very explicit. Um, and that's because we have new data. Um, you know, there's these uh, compounds called AGEs, advanced glycation end products, so-called glycotoxins, which are produced, which are found predominantly in, in, uh, in meats. So I talk about them in the book. So when you expose high protein, high fat foods to particularly high temperatures, like when you, you know, broil a hot dog or something, um, then you create these really toxic compounds. Um, and so, you know, you go down the list and it's like, you know, nuggets and, you know, you know, you know, all these, you know, kind of broiled and fried foods. Um, but, um, you know, but then they tested nuts. They tested toasted, roasted nuts. And well, what's in nuts? Fat and protein. And you expose them to high enough temperatures in the same AGEs form. And so it's the rare example. There's only one other example, this rare example of where a plant food has high um, AGE levels. And the other um, exception is a broiled tofu. You know, like blackened tofu. What's tofu, right? It's got fat. It's got uh, protein exposed to high temperatures, right? So we're not talking about tofu in a soup or something. But, uh, you know, exposed to the really high temperatures like broiling, grilling, frying, Smoked uh, tofu? Smoke, hmm? smoke tofu? Well, smoking really is a, a high-temperature process. I guess there's many ways you could, you could smoke it. But, um, yeah, actually, smoked tofu is probably not a good idea. So, but not because of the temperatures, but because, not because of the AGEs, but because of the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. So smoking uh, imparts uh, – so there are these – uh, there's these hydrophobic, there's these uh, fat-soluble toxins found in smoke, all smoke, um, whether cigarette smoke or forest fire smoke or barbecue smoke, um, that glom on to fattened foods. And so when you smoke fish, uh, you smoke tofu, smoke meat, um, it, uh, these, these plastic aromatic hydrocarbons stick onto the product um, and can uh, present uh, a cancer risk. Whereas if you make smoked tofu by adding smoke flavor, you know, like liquid smoke, um, then that's fine. And that's how you, mo mo most people aren't actually smoking tofu. They're actually, they're just using smoke flavor. And that is, is, is a water-based. And so it doesn't contain any of the toxic cancer-causing compounds. So then you get the benefits of the smoke flavor without the carcinogens. So that's why I like smoked paprika and the uh, spices that are oh, oh, that yeah, are great. So smoked paprika is totally fine because it's not fat. paprika is just a spice. It's not it's not fat rich and so it doesn't hold on to the carcinogens. So back to nuts and seeds, you don't recommend yeah. roasted but buying yeah. them raw. 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 Yeah, and so and it's not eat well, I don't know where I am. It actually took me a while to find raw almond butter. Right to find raw. I mean, you can find raw tahini, not too hard, but um, 
it's not easy to find uh, raw unbutter. Um, so you just got to look around because it doesn't taste as good as roasted. I mean, that's why, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, it's just a bummer. And we shouldn't roast them in our oven, oven Should, either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like in How Not to Die, I say toast your walnuts. They're so much yummier that way. Toast your sesame seeds. Not anymore. Okay. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts about intermittent fasting, like fasting for 16 hours and having an eight-hour feeding window? Yeah. So that I, I would describe more as time-restricted feeding rather than intermittent fasting. But um, yeah, I, so I have a, a video series that will that will go into all those. We'll talk about you know water-only fasting, intermittent fasting, calorie restriction, etc. Um, but it won't be out till next year. Okay, but it's coming. Uh, eventually, and then there'll be so many. All these people that have been asking me for fasting videos are going to get so sick of fasting videos. They're going to beg me to stop doing fasting videos. Okay, um, how important is healthy gut bacteria for our health, and how can we improve our health once gut flora? Yeah, super important. Uh, surprisingly important. So we used to think that our gut flora really only mattered for gut health. So like. You know, so you don't get diarrhea or something. You need to have good. But now we realize that no, our gut, gut flora is critical for our systemic immune function and metabolic function and even mental health. Um, and the way they do these studies is they can do what are called fecal transplants, right? So you can take, um, you know, stool from a, a skinny person and put it in a fat, in a, and you put it through a tube into the stomach of a fat person, populate their gut with skinny bacteria, and they lose weight versus <laughs> um, the control, which is they get their own feces back. So, and you don't know which is which, it's a blinded study. And so the people get their own feces back, well, it's the same bugs and they don't, nothing happens. But those getting the, the, the donor stool from the skinny person, um, you know, now, presumably, If they keep eating their miserable diet, they're gonna they're gonna kill off all those skinny bugs, and they're gonna you know you know go back. Um, but um, so I mean the critical thing is prebiotics. What we're feeding are good bacteria, and that's fibrin-resistant starch found only one place in nature in abundance. That's whole plant foods, particularly whole grains and, and legumes. Um, and so the, uh, if we don't eat those foods, we are starving our microbial selves. Um, so it's critical. That's one of the reasons why it's so important that people um, eat not just vegan diets, but whole food diets, because you can eat a really highly processed vegan diet, lots of you know, white bread and um, you know, vegan donuts, that kind of thing, where you get all your calories in, and you're just not getting your fiber in. You're not getting whole fruits and vegetables, um, and you're starving your microbial self, and you can suffer adverse consequences. Mm -hmm. And does it ever make sense to take probiotics in some cases? It, it, so it does if you, um, so for example, if you have antibiotic-induced uh, antibiotic diarrhea. So if you take an antibiotic, many antibiotics are actually absorbed in the small intestine and never make it down to the colon. Um, but some actually stay in the digestive tract, make it down to the colon, and they just wreak havoc and can destroy a lot of your good bugs and bad bugs can come and take hold and you can cause chronic diarrhea. In that case... Taking another antibiotic to, to, to kind of either kind of wipe the slate clean to start over again um, or taking probiotics to try to crowd out, muscle out those bad bugs um, does make a certain amount of sense. And you certainly do see benefits, particularly among children, 
um, uh, who are exposed to these antibiotics. But there's just kind of rare clinical cases. And the reason is, is because what's the point of putting good bugs in your gut if you're going to starve them out to death, right? I mean, unless you're going to take probox every single day for the rest of your life, <laughs> it's like what's most important is, I mean, so what, what are probiotics? What are these good bugs? You know, like lactobacillus and, and bifidobacteria. These are fiber-eating bugs. And so if you put fiber-eating bugs into your colon, they're like, okay, let's see, and they're waiting for fiber. And they don't get it, they're just going to starve and die off. In fact, if you were eating fiber, you'd have those bugs in your gut in the first place, right? I mean, you wouldn't have to take them. Um, and so, look, they multiply on their own. Feed them a lot of fiber. They'll grow on their own. You don't have to pay money. You've got like a little probiotic farm in your gut that are just churning it out for free. Um, uh, but you starve them out. doesn't matter what you put down the pipe. You're just going to kill them off anyway. So pre prebiotic is just eating healthy, fiber-rich plant foods. And then the That's body right. takes care of the rest. Ta-da! <laughs> okay. And keep eating fiber-rich plant foods to keep them alive. That's right. And not just alive, but thriving. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, about pregnant women, what supplements are necessary during pregnancy for a plant-based mother? Or so I would encourage um, pregnant women to take a prenatal vitamin that includes iodine. And of course, uh, they'd be continuing to take their B12, uh, vitamin D, and uh, long chain omega 3s. Um, but I would also, on top of that, do a, a prenatal vitamin that included iodine in it. And B12. And so, yeah, so the B12 is a given, absolutely, okay. and most critically important. That's just on top uh, yeah. of the B12 and vitamin D. Okay. Yeah. Um, if someone experienced some kinds of... And in fact, I would take the B12 separately. So if you're like, okay, I'm taking B12, now I'm pregnant, I'm taking a, a prenatal. Oh, the prenatal has B12, so I don't need to take B12 anymore. It's in the prenatal. No, that's a mistake because the B12 is a big, complicated molecule and it can be damaged by uh, some of these other uh, metals um, in the multivitamin. Um, and so actually can convert into a form that's unusable by the body, these so-called B12 analogs. And so it's, it's important to not take your B12 in a multivitamin, but take it separately on its own so you make sure you're getting real B12. Okay. And then when her baby becomes a toddler, how does the toddler get B12 also taking a supplement? So hopefully the toddler is still getting some breast milk, but yes, indeed, um, as soon as the toddler is weaned, Uh, they should start, and you know, you have these little like sublingual tablets you can just crush up into anything. Okay, but breastfeed as long as possible, right? Absolutely, until at least they go off to college. Okay. <laughs> um, if someone experiences cravings, is it a sign that someone is missing a certain nutrient, uh, or what is a good way to combat cravings for things no, like so, sweets? Well, I mean, so, I mean, there's a certain... So you think, oh, well, maybe my body is telling me something. But if you think about it, you know what most people's bodies are telling them? Eat donuts. That's what their body is telling them. And that's not a, <laughs> that's not a smart thing to do. But it's totally biologically what we're supposed to do. Why? Because we have these natural inborn biological drives for salt, sugar, and fat. There were no salt shakers out. We have this craving for salt craving for sweet because that means ripe fruit fantastic 
craving for calorie-dense foods, craving for fat. Um, and so the food industry gives us, you know, plate hijacks our taste buds, hijacks our natural biological drives for healthy foods, and turns around and gives us crap to make us not just eat one of whatever stupid potato chip they're trying to, to force down our throats. Um, and so that's why we can no longer rely on our natural cravings. In a natural setting, if you had a sweet tooth, well, you would just eat more of those blueberries on that bush, right? Awesome. You go sweet tooth. But now having a sweet tooth, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a handicap. Having a sweet tooth in today's world, because, you know, you may not be eating blueberries, because they'll make something even sweeter, right? The ripest peach in the world would taste sour after eating a bowl of Fruit Loops or something, right? They can always add more sugar than whatever you can, you know, so to just numb down your taste buds. Um, and so that's why this, uh, you know, for people who say, yeah, 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 your craving is telling you something, you know, listen to your, no, I mean, often, you know, your cravings are going to lead you astray in the modern world. Yeah. Don't be tricked by the food companies. Right. Don't be tricked. And so what you can do, so there's some data suggesting that some distraction can help. For example, so there was a study um, done that said uh, whenever you had a cravings, they had people pay t play Tetris. Like they gave people a little, I don't know, <laughs> video game card. And so it's like people have these strong cravings. They start playing Tetris, and it like it worked. Like their cravings, it's just like a dis little distraction. Of course, it doesn't have to be that. It could be listening to music or whatever. Just kind of get your mind off of it onto other things. Um, uh, but I haven't really looked at the, at the at the literature. I just thought that was a funny uh, yeah. study that the uh, that <laughs> Tetris helped. And also, data shows that not eating certain foods, like not using salt for a couple of weeks, and then you just use less oh, salt, yeah. crave less salt. And same goes for like refined sugar and all that Absolutely. stuff, right? Absolutely, right. Yeah. Your taste buds change, they adapt, and all of a sudden real, natural, healthy food out of the ground tastes delicious. So then you get the best of both worlds. Wait a second, it tastes great and I get to live longer. That's what plant-based eating is all about. And the more you eat, the healthier you get. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> and the better it tastes. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's the awesome. best concept ever. Uh, but I people love it. need to discover nice cream and stuff because they're just used to the habits and never tried right? it. But I it's know. so simple to make. Um, okay, someone asked your hobbies besides plant-based nutrition, nutritionfacts.org. No such thing. Or, uh, that's how it is possible that you all do that, right? It's like, what, how do you think I put out a new video article every <laughs> single day? Yeah. You think I got a hobby? No, but... Um, but I, I actually, I love what I do, right? And so it's like, I think people have hobbies because, you know, they're stuck at work all day. They want to do something that they enjoy for once, right? And so it's like a break. But for me, my life is a hobby. Like, I love doing that. Like, I would be sitting in the basement of the medical library going through the dusty stacks on my own, just for my own enjoyment. Um, and the fact that other people could benefit, like, that's just a bonus. Like, that's awesome, right? Um, and so, you know, I love what I do. So I just don't, I mean, like, I can imagine doing all sorts of fun stuff, but I think always in the back of my mind, I'd be like, oh, I want to get back to the, I want to yeah. get back to the cool stuff. Yeah. Same goes for me 100%. It's just so much fun and helping people. It's just the best. And you just never want to stop. And um, yeah, I'm extremely grateful for what you do. And I see 30 minutes are running to the end. So that oh, was yeah. your yeah. last interview, right? No, so, 
Oh, I no? got uh, one, two, three more. Oh, wow. You are crazy how much you do, and I appreciate it so much. So thanks for all the great answers, and I hope I talk to you soon. Keep up the good work. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.